Data Mesh Radio is provided as a free community resource by Data Mesh Understanding. It is produced and hosted by me, Scott Herleman. I started this podcast as a place for practitioners to get useful information about Data Mesh, and we're at over 200 episodes already. This is a Mesh Musings episode where I do a relatively short overview, some might call a few of them rants, on a specific topic related to Data Mesh. I try to put uh, you know my few summary takeaways in the show notes too to make it easy to decide if this will be useful for you. Quick reminder as well to hit the Data Mesh Understanding link in the show notes to easily review listings of past episodes you might have missed, you know, that I've grouped up on different topics to make it easy if you want to do like a deep dive into governance or something like that. Do check out the Data Mesh Understanding offerings as well and the free community introduction and roundtable programs while you're there. Now with that, on to the Mesh Musing. Why do data warehouse fans fear Data Mesh so much? Mesh Musings 15. So some of this one is going to be observational in nature, and some of it is going to be speculative. And it's probably going to be a little spicy. But what I'll start off with is the number of enterprise data warehouse enthusiasts that frankly make up ridiculous things about Data Mesh is really high, way too high, especially for people that are supposedly (laughs) experts in the industry. There are those who understand how data mesh and data warehouse concepts play together nicely, like Martin Chesborough, Kent Graziano, and some others. But I think you can probably guess the folks who aren't falling in that camp. And the stuff they make up and pretend Jumak says or implies is frankly ridiculous. Let's discuss why a bit So if you run into these ornery and obstinate folks, you can try to find out what they are actually worried about and one, if it's valid, and two, how you can actually have a a decent conversation with these folks. This is all just my own views, as are all, all mesh musings, but I think it's useful to say that as there are those trying to find any reason to criticize data mesh, fair or not. And this list is definitely not exhaustive, so send me your takes as well. I'll start with one source of pushback that I have empathy for. Doing enterprise data warehouse modeling well is truly an art form. It is very, very difficult. And you have these people who've spent years perfecting their craft, right? It's one of those things that is really, you're threading 15 needles at once. And it's just, it can be really incredible and really impressive. And now we're saying it isn't of as much of use anymore. It may be a little sad, but you know, we honestly don't need as many farriers, you know, specialists in caring for horse hooves as we once did. If we have moved beyond a world, if the world has changed enough where it is so dynamic that the enterprise data warehouse can't keep up anymore, 
that's okay, right? It it for organizations where it's still a good fit, great. But in a really dynamic world, we just kind of have to say, like, hey, these people have have perfected this craft, but it's just not that useful anymore. And and we can reskill these people. They they know how to deal with data so well. They shouldn't be that that concerned. A second one that is more nefarious is one of control and or trust. You know, kind of quote unquote, those people don't understand data. They aren't worthy. They have no idea how to handle or work with it or blah, blah, blah. I think this one is rarely said very loudly, but it comes through when you ask for clarification a lot with these folks. I think Mohammed Syed said it very well in episode 45. For proper governance, you need informed governors. Yes, if we don't inform people about how to govern data, they're not going to be informed and they're not going to be at all good governors, but we can inform them to be pretty good, right? And we have that centralized team as a backstop to rely on for when you need help and guidance. You need governance, you need interoperability, but a lot of this you can figure out, you know, does every data steward need to know absolutely every aspect of data stewardship? Nope. We can rely on each other. And when there are challenges or questions or issues, we can, we can have a pathway to answering those questions, but it's not that hard in a lot of instances to say, is this PII or not? Number three, uh, domain data marts were a big flop. Really, they were. They created data silos. And if you don't pay attention to treating your data as a product that functions as part of a larger mesh with requirements to be discoverable and understandable and also interoperable, data mesh looks like domain data marts. Jamak in her early talks mentions domain data marts and why they didn't work. It's not like she's never heard of them. She was thinking about where they went wrong when she was putting together data mesh as a concept. The reason they were quite rubbish in an enterprise-wide data management way is that for the most part, the data marts were designed to be used by the domain producing the data mart. So that domain didn't really care about interoperability, discoverability, understandability, accessibility, all of those things that make it so that that data can play well in the broader enterprise concept. Really, domain data marts were essentially data on the inside, but with a nice structure for that (laughs) that domain that was producing them to use. If you don't focus on that interoperability, you will get data silos. Data mesh without interoperability would mean at least discoverable and understandable high-quality data, but still silos. But you know... Data Mesh talks about interoperability, so... (laughs) Number four, consumers are too dumb to handle data. Really, I think this is a reflection of number two, where the producers of data were too dumb to handle data appropriately. Now, it's consumers just want to receive the same reports. I think we can give data consumers far more credit than that. Sure, there are some that would rather receive the same report week in and week out, even if the report really has no meaning anymore. But I think if we lower the bar to driving insights from data to inform far more of data consumers' decisions, that's far better. And I think we can, if we have 
consumers that aren't data literate, we can upskill those folks. And I think we want to give them that that credit, right? That if we set the right circumstances, they'll want to use data to inform their decisions instead of they just want information pushed at them. Number five is kind of an interesting one, and it's one that I've called locking. And it's like no changes are allowed to the way, you know, what people are consuming. So this one is, again, a bit about being uncomfortable in a constantly changing world. The, you know, how do we make sure that we deliver exactly the same reports mentality? And I think we really, really need to think deeply about this with data mesh. For non-data people in in general, they, they don't give a crap about data mesh. They care about how to do their job especially with data informing their decisions when we're thinking about what we're trying to do with data mesh. So there does need to be you know, true product ownership so that we can serve them. We have to make sure our data consumers are prepared for things to change. That this is a brave new world. It's really the only way to stay on top of our ever-changing business landscapes. But we need to get consumers in line with that being actually okay with chains. It's not necessarily going to be easy and that friction is something people point to. Yes, it's a legit concern, but it certainly isn't a showstopper. And historically why consumers have been so locked on don't change what you're what you're pushing to me is because the changes have come with no warning and no understanding of what changed and why and why their reports are broken. If we have proper communication and we have that product ownership, then we can give the the data consumers the comfort that things aren't going to break underneath them and they can get comfortable with what they're consuming is going to change over time, but that it's going to reflect reality. Number six is master data management slash interoperability. So I talked a bit about interoperability in number three, but really the enterprise data warehouse has always been kind of this, the quote unquote, the source of truth. You had one specific query that was quote unquote, the answer, whether it was still really the best or most relevant way to answer that question or not. And everything was technically interoperable, but I like in every domain's data to being a, you know, a big sheet of, of cookie dough. And when you roll it out, it's going to be its own unique shape. That is its that domain's context. But to fit into the warehouse model, you use a cookie cutter. So you know a domain, their data was shaped like a fern, and it's now shaped like the dinosaur cookie cutter that you used. So it's cute, but it's not really what the domain is about. <laughs> and you can still think about mastering your data in that domain, right? that you don't have, I mean, master data management really hasn't worked for anybody in any circumstances as far as I've seen. So we keep trying to say, but we need it, we need it, we need it. And it's like, well, we kind of have to be comfortable with understanding, being able to understand where our data comes from and what is its quality and, and what are, are the different aspects of it. But, you know, MDM just hasn't really worked anyway. So trying to say that no MDM is a showstopper for data mesh, it's not working in the enterprise data warehouse world anyway. 
And you can provide things like golden queries to data consumers as, as a source of truth for answering kind of common slash important questions. But people can also approach those questions in new and unique ways and maybe drive additional insight. And, and we might change that golden query and say that like, no, this is the way we actually look at, at our marketing performance for you know uh, this type of spend or whatever. And yes, again, if you don't focus on interoperability, you are going to have silos. So I think you should listen to uh, Samia Rahman's uh, episode number 67. And I'm sure there will be future episodes on interoperability as well. But I think that that approaches the topic and gets you comfortable with uh, where you can start with interoperability. So number seven, and the final one is ownership ambiguity. I think this one makes a lot of sense because there isn't a prescriptive way, at least yet, to decide who owns data that isn't clearly one domain's data. You know, you're taking data from four different domains and you're combining it into a data product. Who owns that? Is it the person that combined it or what? You know, like, is it a consumer aligned or an aggregate domain owned by, you know, the consumer? Does that prevent innovative and useful data products from getting created? People don't want to take on the that additional responsibility. Is that a, a challenge? I, I think these are valid questions. And the answer for me on a lot of this is it depends. And number two is, is let's address it as it comes up. So I think this isn't a showstopper, right? Is, you know, if we find these data products that are of value, you should be able to find an owner. If you make being a data product owner a valued role with a career path in your organization, I don't think you'll have a lot of difficulty finding people to own it. And so it might not be that you know immediately the second that you might want to create this data, who should own it? But you you can kind of figure that out when that problem comes up and just saying, you know, this might be a problem, you know, I might have some challenges, so I'm not even going to try. And it just doesn't feel like at the end of the day, trying to use that as a reason to not do data mesh, it's just kind of ridiculous in my mind. I think it is a valid concern and it's one that every organization has to, to figure out as they're going through data mesh, but it's it's just not a showstopper. If you if you set your organization up in a reasonable way, you can kind of get through that that problem set. So that's my non-exhaustive list. As you can tell, I think a few of them are valid. Yes, ownership is hard. Yes, we have to get consumers to be okay with a new way of working. But is it really the worst thing if it gives us the flexibility, scalability, and, and agility that Data Mesh is already providing some organizations that are implementing? Data warehousing itself isn't dead, but the enterprise data warehouse is just not flexible enough for many dynamic organizations anymore. And that's okay. You know, we can move on from things that aren't working for us anymore. And we can say, this was great until it wasn't. That is okay. So these people that, that are still trying to hold on and say that the, the world hasn't changed and put their blinders on and say, oh, you know, there, there's this old Simpsons thing where, you know, uh, something keeps happening to 
this cooked pig that they're trying to do. And, you know, it's, oh, it's just a little dirty. And Homer's just keeps yelling. It's just a little this. It's okay. It's okay. And it like gets stuck into something and it ends up flying through the air. And it's just, it's just a little airborne. It's okay. It's okay. Like we don't need to, we, we can move on from approaches that aren't working anymore for us. And it might be working for some organizations, but we really have to be prepared to uh, to do that. Hopefully that was a useful mesh musing for you. Please do rate and review the podcast. It really does help. And if you'd like to get in touch and see how I can be helpful to you, check out the show notes. I'm pretty easy to find. As I mentioned, there are some great free programs in addition to some very affordable things around implementer intros and roundtables on the Data Mesh Understanding website. As always, if you have suggestions for guests or topics, please do get in touch. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And with that, now on to the funky outro music.